I am so sore. Oh my gosh. I am so sore. Yeah. What did we even do yesterday? I am so sore today. Oh my goodness. You know it. Oh man, that workout on Friday had me sore all weekend long. All right. How does your body feel on a scale of zero to 10? Zero being you feel awesome. 10 being you got hit by a bus. Where are you at? Six. All right, not bad. Maybe today's day you take it easy. Definitely the deadlifts, heavy deadlifts. All right, welcome to the Are You Sore podcast. This is Paul McAllister, and we are recording, as always, from Bridge Lakes CrossFit here in Cypress, Texas. This place is buzzing. Not, not really. (laughs) But it's going to be. This is the, I don't know, the eve, eve of the kickoff of the 2024 CrossFit Open. Um, We've got uh, a lot of fun things planned here. Our Friday night lights that we do uh, each Friday night. We've got something new uh, on Thursday night that I'm going to talk about later on. But I did want to shoehorn in this show before all that craziness got kicked off because scott and i've been talking about this for a while today it is it is it is bright and early which usually means one thing and that means that scotty the body bass singer is in studio with us today good morning scott good morning and i i brought coffee he does just he's yeah (laughs) didn't bring any for me the rumors are true if it's morning (laughs) i am drinking coffee i did i got here he was uh probably in the last 10 minutes of coaching his 6 a.m class just prowling around the perimeter of the the box watching his athletes yeah, sipping so his coffee there was a that technique is called sharking actually. sharking yeah 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 so there was a, a book on coaching i don't remember which one it was it might be by the numbers mm-hmm. which is a if if that's if that's the book i mean it's a really excellent book that like will take each individual movement and break it down into you know the different positions that you hit so like a a power clean you're hitting eight particular positions Mm -hmm. on the way through but there was also a section on coaching and they said like you shouldn't be like hovering over any particular athlete for too long and so essentially you sort of move around like you're you know just sort of on the perimeter but watching for something that you think you can help somebody improve yeah um or you know someone who's being dangerous that you can step in and and make a suggestion and so that's why you know i'm not doing a lot of cheerleading that's probably the worst part of coaching for me is like just the the sort of constant patter of like keep it up yay good job you're doing great yeah i i can't I can't do that and make it feel natural. I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like they'll know it's being inauthentic yeah. of me. If I'm like, you're doing great. Good job, guys. That's not my approach. But yeah, so I'm I'm sort of constantly looking and watching for something that where I, I feel like I can help someone move the needle. So yeah, this morning's workout had a lot of rowing in it. Um, and so, yes, as as I tend to do, I was engaged in conversations with athletes about their rowing. Yeah. Both learning things from them. Um, and then, you know, sort of, so I helped Ben mm-hmm. a little bit, which is a surprise, right? Yeah. Cause you wouldn't think, but yeah, we talked about it. So anybody who's doing the workout later today, it's calories on the rower and then push ups. 
Um, and there's you do a first part, rest five minutes, and then repeat the first part. And he managed to do the second part faster than he did the first part. Oh wow! But he was he shortened his rowing stroke, mm-hmm. which you know I've been working on lengthening my rowing stroke, and maybe that's been a waste of time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we were watching someone else who was really efficient on the rower. And then we just tried to copy him, right? Um, and it was more effective. Hmm. So, so now it's a little back to the drawing board. Yeah, um, I need to, I need to look at that myself. My, yeah, my rowing improved a lot over that sleigh the holidays, just because I rode more than a week, in a week than I probably have since I've been doing this. Right, um, and I just saw that I was by the first day of it, I rode like twelve thousand meters in an hour child's and, play and by the, and by the end of it i think i rode like 13 five you Good know Lord. yeah so it was That's just a lot it was just getting more efficient yep. i was i was i was smarter with like my rest um, yeah so but yeah it can it can always get better yeah and you know it's going to be mm-hmm. in the open it's going to be in the open so if it's not this year it will be next right. year like it won't be too long so yeah that's actually my favorite open workout ever mm-hmm. was just rowing and wall balls that was all it was oh my gosh um it was brutal but it was the kind of brutal where like you you really felt like you could put everything into it and just collapse on the floor at the very end of it mm-hmm. um so yeah that's my my favorite ever open workout well that's uh that's very timely because it's those two uh those two workouts are uh very common and some of the the stuff that we're going to talk about today um listening to you talk about that that coaching strategy um i was joking about jason ferris and uh he coaches tuesday and thursday uh, nine fifteen classes, uh, which is today. I'll have him coaching me today. But last week, I noticed when we were doing the flight simulator workout, Jason does this thing where he he kind of uh, marches like a. He reminds me of like a, a World War II German like SS officer. He puts <laughs> his he clasps his hands behind his back and he's standing very straight and he just kind of does this real deliberate like pace in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here I am trying to, you know, focus on this this double under flight simulator, yeah. you know, and, and it was I don't do want to we, say it do was we need distracting. To, do we need to tell the audience what flight simulator is or Yeah, flight that's that's a good point. So flight simulator is is a um an exclusive double under workout where you go in increments of five all the way up to fifty and then back down to five and you try to go unbroken anytime you trip during one of those counts then you start that count back over at zero yeah so obviously the goal is to try to get as far as you can with going unbroken and and it's four time yeah and if you do the math don't worry i did Mm -hmm. it's 500 double unders yes and then if you have to break and restart a set it only goes up from there so yeah yeah luckily i uh the only time i broke was a very end of my first uh, round of 30. And so I guess I did around 530, uh, by the end of it, but, uh, yeah, it's stressful. Um, yeah. cause you, get, you get up in those high numbers and, uh, <laughs> you start feeling like you're losing it and, uh, you just, everything changes and you're just desperate to get that one done. So it's, yeah. it's very nerve wracking. Yeah. So I'm sure it really helped to have a, you know, field marshal Ferris <laughs> exactly. standing in front exactly. of you. Exactly. Just like, cause yeah. for me, I have to like find an object and really like focus on that and that's what keeps me 
from getting distracted and getting, you know, kind of out of balance. Um, but when, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, Hitler's, uh, second in charge kind of, uh, crossing in front of that object over and over again, it's a little disruptive. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe he's trying to work on your mental toughness, maybe so, right? Maybe Can you so. handle, that's what I tell people when they complain about the music that I'm playing. Uh-huh. I'm like, how about you ignore it and work on your mental toughness right now? Cause you know, if you're letting the music distract you from this workout, that suggests, you know, maybe you're Thank a little you. mentally weak. That's right. Um, I get a lot of complaints about my music. Maybe that's going to be my next uh, yeah, rebuttal when uh, exactly. they start moaning and groaning. About that's that. a very Ben Bergeron thing, yeah. right? Is that like, let's focus on the things that we can control. And, you know, whether you've got a judge who's being picky about a particular movement, whether you've, um, you've got a a grip that's a little bit slippery or something like these are not things you can control. guess what else? Like you can't control what music is being played in the background. So let's just focus on the things that you can control. And that's uh, pretty close to his definition of mental strength Mm -hmm. is, you know, ignore those distractions. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which, so I like that. Plus Mm -hmm. it also gives me an excuse to play. So I play some really weird stuff. Yes, he does. Yes. Mongolian heavy metal. There's a band (laughs) called bloody wood that does, uh, it's an Indian heavy metal group that switches back and forth between like Farsi or, or I forget what, what language and, and, and English. And yeah, there's a Mongolian band called the who, and then uh, an Italian band named Moniskin. I've um, heard the Italian band. Yes, you played that before yes, when so you and I have been. So Italian glam rock yeah. is uh, pretty common. <laughs> but then I'll break it down and go with uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, yeah. which is a, a soul ju- uh, soul group out of Birmingham, Alabama. So Nice. Yeah, you just never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I get to book in my day with Scott today, opening up, recording a podcast, and then the Intero Bangs, our Tuesday night trivia team, gathers at World of Beer tonight to go in and do our thing, uh, which is a lot of fun. Scott and I, um, we also found uh, in our within our friendship, we have uh, a very simpatico catchphrase uh, thing going on between us. Yes. Catchphrase, a game that requires... Really concise communication, fast communication, not Scott's fastball, (laughs) but I've spent enough time around him now that I can, I can almost draw out his thoughts. And we, we really impressed a lot of people, uh, with some friends the other night, um, how I was, I was basically guessing Scott's clues without him even speaking. One of of my favorite clue of, and I wish I could remember (laughs) what the, what the, uh, phrase was or the word or yeah, it was a phrase, um, Scott says it's three words, and the middle word is very short. <laughs> I don't think we ended up uh, getting <laughs> no. that one. <laughs> yeah, I do not understand the rules of this game or how it works. That was that was one of the problems. Um, but yeah, our wives were impressed yeah. that like Paul could basically interpret <laughs> me. Everyone else would just be staring, and they're like, "Move, come on, let's go." Um, yeah, but yeah, somehow Paul has, has learned to speak Scott. So, well, it's good to be here. We are, uh, we are surrounded in committed club, kitschy kind and swag, you know, PJ, I just want to call her out real quick. She does such a great job around here. This is not a transactional gym by any uh, stretch of the imagination where you just pay your monthly dues and you show up and you get your workout and go, she's really committed to, um, 
I don't know, giving back uh, to the effort that you put in. So this year she started the committed club and this is really recognizing athletes who um, have uh, committed to coming in um, 100 days out of the year, 250 uh, days out of the year. Um, so when you're reaching these milestones, uh, she's, she's rewarding you for it. So there's T-shirts, there's hoodies, there's backpacks. I mean, there's there's stuff everywhere. I got uh, hooked up this week uh, after my 250th class. I mean, I'm not keeping track of this stuff, but she is. And so that, that made it uh, really cool. And now I start thinking about, you know, what it would mean to be 500 or 750 or a thousand. Like, I think we've got a few, a thousand, uh, class people. I think after you get to a thousand, you get a workout named after Do you. you? Okay. I think that might be, yeah. I don't and, know if anyone's there yet. I know yeah. Crystal. Yeah. I think she told me, Denise. uh, Crystal, Denise, and uh, maybe Jessica Harless. Okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that yep. have really been here from the beginning. Yep. Yeah, and they're always here. Yeah, so that was. Yeah, um, you know, I haven't gotten any of my swag yet, and uh, you know, PJ and I are in a little bit of a rocky spot right now oh, man. because, yeah. So um, she's decided that I'm a large, not a medium <laughs> anymore. Uh-oh. You know, and so yeah, we've. Things are on the rise. No, is, uh, <laughs> she, she, I, I said something about, you know, do I, do I look fat to you? And she said, oh my God, you sound just like my daughter. <laughs> so, and apparently like her husband. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been adopted into the, the household. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So no, it is really, it's such a fantastic thing that she's doing mm-hmm. and you can see how excited people are. And yeah. that's, that's great that people are excited by something. Because, you know, the flip side of it is there's also the CrossFit Open mm-hmm. that's that's mostly terrifying yep. for a lot of people. And so, yeah, it's nice that, that people have something to be proud of and that's happy right. about <laughs> rather than just, you know, despise themselves for not being able to get their chest to bars or something. <laughs> well, last time Scott was here with Kelly, we covered... We covered a lot, and we kind of touched on what we had planned on talking today, uh, talking about today. But um, I think today we're going to get into a lot more detail. Scott is kind of the uh, the architect behind Cypress Hybrid, which is a little bit of a, a rebranding of how the High Rocks relationship, partnership with Ridge Lakes uh, originally started. So I guess I'll, I'll stop there and let you kind of explain what all – Cypress hybrid entails because it's not just high rocks. It's, it's more than that, which is why I think it got the, the new name. Right. Yes. So I don't know how much background I should provide, but let, I'll, I'll start. And, and Paul can give me the little, you know, let's move yeah. it along. Yeah, I'll, throw on, the, I'll throw on the if, blinker if uh, <laughs> I feel like we need to yeah. move on to the next. So hybrid is a new sports category. Mm-hmm. How new? How new the... Um, so the current world record holder in High Rocks um, has only been doing High Rocks for about two and a half years. Okay. So um, he came out of the world of Spartan slash CrossFit mm-hmm. slash Broken Skull Challenge, which if you ever, we can do a whole episode just on how much I loved Broken Skull Challenge. Um, it would be the most obscure episode. So that was that was Stone Cold Steve Austin had a TV show that um, that was physical competitions. Wow. It was, you know, mano a mano. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would sort of whittle yourself down from 16 athletes to two athletes. 
And Hunter McIntyre, who is the current record holder, was like the standing champion on Broken Skull Challenge for mm-hmm. more than two years. And it, it always struck me as like the ultimate fitness test. Um, it's a, it's a, it was a great show, hard to find anymore. But yeah, so like two and a half years ago, he wasn't even really doing High Rocks. High Rocks wasn't a known thing. Mm-hmm. DECA was starting to appear on the scene. Okay, And so what hybrid is, is sort of partway between Spartan racing and CrossFit. Okay. And it's got a little bit less of the variety that you get within Spartan racing. So, you know, you show up for a Spartan race, you have no idea what the course is going to look like, um, how much, you know, up and down there's going to be, whether you're going to be walking in riverbeds for a quarter mile and Mm. getting your shoes all wet and then having to do a rope climb. So there's a lot of variation there. Whereas CrossFit, is variation on the other end in terms of what movements you do. But for the most part, you're doing them all indoors yeah. um, in a gym, except for when you do a little bit of running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hybrid is sort of in between those two in that there's a variety of movements, but not infinite variety. Okay. Um, and so high rocks itself just has eight movements with running in between. Um, whereas DECA has 10 movements. So what are the movements? So I'm going to focus on high rocks okay? Um, because it, it differs a little bit. And and by the way, if you go back and listen to one of the early podcasts, one of the first ones, uh, Paul made fun of me for just laying on some gravel when I finished the <laughs> DECA race. Yes. This may have been like episode three yes. or so. I'll never forget um, that. Yeah. So high rocks, the 10 movements are, um, or sorry, Eight movements plus running. Okay. Ski erg, mm-hmm. uh, sled push, sled pull, and these are not light sleds. Yeah. So, like Tate and I were working with 450 pound sled the other day. Wow. wow. Burpee broad jumps. Okay. Lunges with a sandbag on your back. Mm-hmm. Farmers carry with a pair of kettlebells, rowing, and wall balls. Yep. Um, and then you run every time in between. So you start off with a 1K run. So you'll never do any other fitness outside of the ones you just listed those, in a High Rocks workout. Those are the eight. Those are the eight exercises in the High Rocks competition. Okay, because I've the, always been curious, like yep. why? Because obviously, the, the most people around here, like when they think of High Rocks, they automatically the first thing they notice is that there's no bar work. Right. Um, so I've thought about other things that we do in CrossFit, like like jump roping, for example. Yep. Like I've been curious as to why they wouldn't have that as part of high rocks. Yeah. I don't know if there's explanations for this or... If it, Probably you know. because that's really difficult to count. Okay. Um, and they want everything to be very standardized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why with, with those movements, like it's very easy to look at a rower yeah. And see whether you've gotten to a thousand meters right. or look at a skier. Same question. Counting a hundred wall balls like is not super challenging. Mm-hmm. Counting double unders. If you ever judge during the open mm-hmm. is one of the most impossible things to do. Yeah. Um, and very are, stressful. Yeah. And you want to double down on that stress is if you're judging Ben Walsh in the open, which he takes the open very seriously. And he's doing double unders, and you're standing too close to him, and his rope slaps your clipboard. Nice. And almost screw up his whole, like, but he kept it going, thank God. But I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to mess up everything, and he's going to. Yeah. 
100% put the blame on me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I've <laughs> almost been killed by an athlete doing double unders when I like accidentally caught their rope on something. And like mm-hmm. they look, turned around with like the look of murder on their face. <laughs> the other thing, we used to host a, a competition. I forget Wad War. No, I forget what it was called. And it was a doubles and they had to get 200 reps. And one of the athletes disagreed with me on my counting. Yeah. Um, and she was like lashing out yeah. at me. Um, so, yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why. Okay. Um, also, just you're already running. I mean, running and jump roping right. are, are pretty. You, you should be gassing yourself on those runs. Mm-hmm. So one of the interesting things that I've had to learn um, in learning about and programming for high rocks is the amount of leg work yeah. that's required. So for people who don't know or who haven't seen my wide variety of t-shirts, I come out of the running and Spartan racing world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I devote more time and attention to those types of things and in and, and running less than I used to do. But yeah, you know, I was very serious about Spartan, not particularly good at it, you know, in the, in the competition side, but really serious about like trying to trying to perform well, trying to do no burpees, which means you complete all the obstacles mm-hmm. without without failing. And when you're doing Spartan racing, it's very upper body and especially pulling. Yeah. So a lot of the movements are going to be swinging along monkey bars or pulling on ropes, you know, rope climbs. Um, and so it's a very upper body dominant and especially those pulling movements. Those movements that I listed for high rocks are very much lower body. Right. Rowing is lower body. Wall balls is lower body. Sled pushes is lower body. Skierg is sort of a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, the lunges are lower body. The farmer's carry is grip and lower body. And yeah. so it's very – so right now my legs are just completely dead tired. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Spartan racing and CrossFit, it's much more of a, a mix of things. And so, yeah, if, if you feel like you have strong legs and good endurance – then you know high rocks might be might be the sport for you. So that that's a good segue into the to the one big question that I told you I had prepared for you today because um, I'm sort of easing into the high rocks waters with a with a few workouts recently and then the, my first competition coming up and I don't know if this is hypothetical because I'm sure you have an opinion on it. Why would you think that? <laughs> Who is going to be more set up for success a athlete who's done a year of crossfit programming going into high rocks or an athlete who's done a year of high rocks programming going into crossfit wow wow i got him i got him all right paul i I asked paul if he had an agenda and he said i'm gonna ask one question (laughs) just wind you up and let you go so um paul it's been good seeing you i'll i'll shut things down when i'm done um that is a a fantastic question so my general feeling is it's going to be the crossfitter going into high rocks rather than the other way around okay so the great thing about High Rocks, and I think why it potentially has such great so space to grow, is that none of the movements are particularly complex, mm-hmm. right? So anybody can learn rowing, skier, wall ball. You can get stronger and push a sled. Yeah. You can learn some techniques to make pulling the sled easier. So it is a challenge, but it is, and and it could be a formidable challenge, but it's not an impossible challenge. Right. Whereas there are certain movements within CrossFit 
that require a lot of technique. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like handstand walks, muscle ups, they require a very particular set of skills and you're just never going to get those Mm -hmm. unless you're just focusing on doing CrossFit. And so, um, and then a lot of the barbell work, right? So Mm -hmm. we never move barbells within, within high rocks workouts. I don't think we've, only work out there's one where we occasionally use bench press okay um but that's the only barbell work that we've done in any of the high rocks workouts mm-hmm. that i've programmed over the last nine months just just bench press yeah so like you know if you're a high rocks person learning how to power snatch or squat snatch oh good lord mm-hmm. you know like there's a lot of technique that you have to learn but if you're an experienced crossfitter and you start pushing a sled like it may take you a while to get heavier with it, but it's not outside the range right. of things. And but so, the I guess behind the the workouts, you've got the the endurance component to it. So this this competition in March that uh, I've signed up for, and Scott's doing as well. March sixteenth. March sixteenth. George R. Brown. That's right. It's a big deal. I'm doing it solo because I don't need anyone to carry half the weight for me. <laughs> I but. do. So I'll be. Uh, <laughs> I'll be partnering up with young Justin Vela for um, the partner comp- partner version of it. My, my initial strategy was, Justin, you do all of the workouts, and I'll just pace us on the running. Nice. And I don't think that that's legal, no. so I think I actually do have to share in some of the working yes. out. Um, but yeah. we... Um, I'm excited about it. We, we did a workout together a couple of weeks ago with Scott and Tate. Um, no, it wasn't with you. That was when I did that with you, but we, we came in on a Sunday morning and just kind of like, uh, bastardized a a workout that y'all had in place that to kind of make it look like what we've got ahead of us as best we could. What I am most concerned about with Justin and I is he is such a phenomenal CrossFit athlete. He's very strong. He's not the strongest guy here, but he's really strong at like, Hey, I've got to do this barbell weight for 10 minutes and he can, he can do that for 10 minutes yeah. as good as anybody. Um, and he can do these four time workouts, like just empty the tank yeah. um, at a very high level. So that is not high rocks at all. These are hour long competitions, you know, and I'm like, okay, where, where are he and I going to find that balance of making sure that we know how fast we need to be running and these running intervals, uh, we know how hard we need to be going on the rower and things like that to where we maintain, um, our speed throughout. Right. So, yeah. And and I'm kind of the opposite of that where the, what I was, when I came up here and worked out with you and Tate that day, what I was most interested in was because we were doing, were we doing 500 meter or 1,000 meter runs? That 500 day? meters, then an exercise, then another 500. Okay. And yeah. then we got rest. That's what we were doing. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and I was just interested to see how my running held up through all that. Yeah. I was really kind of test driving, like, all right, what pace can I maintain throughout? Because the last thing I want is obviously to, to go out too hard. And then yeah. I'm at this like 10 minute mile pace, you know, at the end or, I get done and I feel like yeah. I could have gone harder. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, you know, I haven't done a high rocks race yet mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to it, but I think it's just going to be brutal that at some point I'm just going to hit a wall. It doesn't help that I'm starting with Tate 
Yeah. Um, so we signed up to, to go at the same heat time. Oh, wow. And he is he is quite a bit stronger and younger than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a faster runner by a little bit, but he's a stronger athlete by a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether whether he'll stick with me or, or if I can convince him, like, just go go without yeah. me. You yeah. Know? Oh, I can already um, tell Justin's like his CrossFit mentality has seeped in already because you know, the, we have these, we know what the, we know what the workouts are already. We, yeah. we know it's not like the open where it's this big reveal. I mean, it's all laid out. Yes. And one of the things I was most concerned about early on was the sled pulls. I, I yep. know we don't do that in here in yeah. CrossFit workouts. I've never really practiced it. So yeah. I didn't know, you know, how that was going to feel. Um, Scott gave me the weights and what weights I need to have on the sled here so I can start working on it. I come up here one morning and I'm, I, I, I kind of build up to it and I'm doing it and, uh, it, it's feeling pretty good. And I even took a video and sent it to Justin and I was like, look, I'm, I'm moving this sled pretty good. And he's like, you need to be putting more weight on there. You need yeah. to be like that first pull needs to be like, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> so yeah. like, he's just, <laughs> that's where his head is. So, yeah. uh, it's possible that he's wrong, yeah. But but not for reasons God, that he would so. know. Yeah. Um. We have new equipment. So Center C E N T R is mm-hmm. a company that Chris Hemsworth owns mm-hmm. or co-owns, and they're providing all the equipment for high rocks races now. So the ropes that attach to the sleds, the sleds themselves, the plates that go on the sleds, the kettlebells that people are carrying, the wall mm-hmm. balls, all of those things are being provided by a new distributor Uh and i read something on facebook that said the men's elite sled pushes were about 50 seconds faster this year than they had with the previous equipment last year so it's possible that they've got like a a plastic skid on the bottom of those sleds that makes it easier because that was that was one of the things that i heard was um and i was talking to an athlete renee um who's done a few of the high rocks races and she said like her was it her sled poles it, it took her like 11 minutes to mm-hmm. get through it because the thing just wouldn't move after a point. She was, you know, she had a little bit of technique that she needed to learn. Um, so there's a technique where you basically walk your, you have to main, stay within a box. So you're holding onto the rope, but you have to stay within a box, but mm-hmm. the box is big enough for you to take a step or two back. And so you can turn it from an arm pulling exercise into a leg pushing. And so you're you're almost like dragging the sled by moving yourself and the sled rather than just hauling on it with your arms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so like everyone seems to have had nightmares with the sled push mm-hmm. and the sled pull that it's it just so heavy and it just grips into the carpet that they bring along. But maybe that won't be the case. So I'm, I'm sort of hopeful that. Me too. Yeah. So let's talk about like finding a blend here. Yeah. In terms of being able to to continue with your, your CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, weaving in some high rocks into the kind of the tapestry of, of your fitness. And yeah. I think there's a lot of fear uh of of really experienced crossfit athletes that that have gotten very strong mm-hmm. that they worry that that's going to impact their strength ben ben gives me nonstop crap about the amount of cardio that i do yeah and i understand what he's coming from i know i'm never going to be as strong as him no matter what i do right um but i really right now love how i feel right. because i've found i think a good balance and the amount of running I'm doing and the amount of strength training I'm doing yeah. here as well. 
Yeah, I mean, the the older I get, the more I think it's important to be happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and not like if you're following someone's programming and someone's plan and it doesn't make you happy, then what are you doing? Yeah. Like it's, it's inside your power to change what you're doing Mm -hmm. to make yourself happy. And so if doing more cardio type stuff makes you happy, although that's, that's sort of a misnomer. Like we shouldn't be referring to longer workouts as cardio Mm -hmm. because like do a, a 20 rep back squat set and your heart will be pounding. (laughs) You will be gasping for air. So it is cardiovascular, you know, Uh squats are cardio, Yeah, but you know, more of an endurance styled workout. If that's what makes you happy, then, you know, you ought to be doing what makes you happy because the older you get, the more important it is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And the thing that drives consistency is whether you enjoy being here. And there are Mm -hmm. different ways to get that enjoyment. It could be that you have accountability with a group of people that you look forward to seeing. And I think like the 915 class really has that. Um, So like I was watching this morning, um, Aaron Borsellino Mm -hmm. and Ben Walsh, um, they they sort of pal up during the workouts. It was bench press today and they were sharing a barbell and going back and forth. And like, that kind of thing of having some people that you count on to see you like that can create enjoyment too. Yeah. And then you don't necessarily need the workouts to be enjoyable as long as there's somebody else there that can suffer along with you. So, but speaking maybe a little bit more globally about workouts. So every so often I'll go through and look at like a month's worth of workouts and um, the mayhem programming that we do is very focused on like 15 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. So like this morning's workout was seven minutes, you've got rest and then another seven minutes. And so you're capped at 14 minutes of work, which I think is good preparation for the open because you're hitting a really high intensity level, recovering and hitting that high intensity level again. So yeah. you're getting used to working in that really high intensity. That kind of work doesn't make me that happy. Yeah, I don't like redlining, trying to back off of it and then redlining again. I like workouts where I can maintain that sort of 85% and I'm good at grinding through an hour long at 85%. I mean, that was when I used to run half marathons, um, 10Ks, trail races a lot. I would look down at my watch and I'd be sustaining a heart rate of 175 to 180 for an hour. Yeah. You know, like that's supposed to be my max Mm -hmm. and I'm able to sustain it for an hour. Like that was a good feeling that made me happy. Like I can really push Um, for an extended period. So, you know, if you think back about what the definition of CrossFit is, and I actually, I wore my level one shirt today. (laughs) So in the old days, when you did the CrossFit level one, you got a very specific t-shirt and on the front of it, it has the definition of CrossFit on the back of it. It has the 10, the 10 sort of skills, um, or the 10 measures of fitness. And so the definition of CrossFit, it starts with constantly varied, high-intensity functional movement. And the constantly varied is the part that I I feel like the mayhem programming really misses because it's supposed to be varied both in terms of time and what they refer to as modal domains. Um, So you ought to be able to lift, you know, if you can power clean a barbell, you also ought to be able to power clean a a sandbag. Mm -hmm. You know, you also ought to be able to do double dumbbell power cleans. And like, so modal variation does show up in the, but if all the workouts are 15 minutes long, then you're only going to get good at working out for 15 minutes yeah. at a time. And that's, you're shortchanging your body's ability. You're sort of directing yourself into particular energy systems, not that aerobic energy system that you really need. And so all of the programming that I do, and for people who don't know, 
the Saturday morning endurance classes, mm-hmm. I program those as well. Yeah. So I got into CrossFit programming CrossFit endurance. Um, I did that at CrossFit Cyprus for three years. I've done it here for seven years. And so that was before any of the hybrid programming. So all of the Saturday morning 745 workouts, I program the core work and then I program these longer workouts that are typically in the 30 to 45 minute duration. Yep. And then the hybrid work or the high rocks hybrid workouts that are on Sunday mornings, those at the beginning of a cycle will start out around 25 to 30 minutes. The one that we did two days ago was 55 minutes. So y'all so, are so I didn't know this. You guys are in some kind of like cycle that yep. okay. So what is that? Yeah, so so there are a few different cycles that I program. So mm-hmm. what we're doing for the hybrid high rocks training is it was 10 weeks to the Houston High Rocks. Okay. And so we started out at these 25 to 30 minute and it was more learning a couple of the skills. And as we go, we're combining more things within the same workout. So the workout that we did on Sunday had six of the high rocks movements. So mm-hmm. it did not have the sled poles and it did not have the there was uh, the burpee broad jumps. Okay. Um, no, it didn't have the lunges, but it had all of the other ones in okay. it. Um, and so we're, we're gradually accumulating movements and accumulating time so that when the race happens, you're not kind of smacked in the face sure. with, I've only worked out for 20 minutes at a time, and now it's it's an hour and 15 minutes into it, and I'm not done. Where mm-hmm. will I dredge up the energy to do 100 wall ball shots in a mm-hmm. row? Um, so yeah, so we definitely... So that's another thing that... I like about my programming that I don't necessarily like about the general CrossFit, you know, buy it off the shelf programming is I like to program towards something. Mm-hmm. And and so you're gradually building up. And so the the next one, and, and maybe the next time you let me visit the podcast, we'll talk about Murph um, and Hero Wads. Because yeah. starting in the middle of March, we'll do 10 weeks of Murph prep. Yeah. Where you start off doing about 50% of Murph. For those of you who don't know, Murph is run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, run, wearing a vest. Um, so it's typically around an hour-long workout, especially if you're wearing that that 20-pound vest. Mm-hmm. It is foolish to go into that workout without preparation. People hurt themselves going into that workout or without to eat. training. Yeah. Whataburger in your car at about ten o'clock the <laughs> night before, which is the mistake I made last year. Oh, good Lord. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a private moment uh, yeah. all around the back of the building that I'm I'm not too proud of <laughs> that happened. Is that why that. there was you know cats out there, <laughs> like a, a herd of cats? Um, yeah. So so we do ten weeks of of Murph training as well, where mm-hmm. you start off at about fifty percent and gradually work your way up, and you don't do it in a linear fashion where you're like adding five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. Like there'll be some weeks that are more heavily on the the pushing because I tend to think that the push-ups are the hardest part of Murph. Yeah. And so I need to work on the push-up portion of it a lot more than, yeah, 100 pull-ups, I can do 100 pull-ups. Mm-hmm. 300 squats, anybody with enough time can do 100 squats. Yeah. But man, when your triceps go out on those push-ups, like they're just gone. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you're just laying they're there. They're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's the kind of programming that I like to do is building towards something. 
and PJ has always been nice enough to allow me to do that mm-hmm. rather. And so, yeah, so Saturdays are just, it's typically a hero wad on Saturday, but Sundays we do these cycles um, that are going to be, you know, 10 to 12 weeks long. We're, and, and then maybe you restart, you know, yeah. after the race, you take a week off and then you restart. And hopefully each time you start the cycle, you're starting off at a higher level than you did before. So mm-hmm. like I've done Murph know, 15 times. You know, if I wasn't getting older, presumably, you know, I would be getting a little bit faster every time because I start off with a little more knowledge, um, a little more skill, um, and I should be able to build on top of that. Right. So let's talk about like where Hyrox is in terms of, I guess, it becoming its own vehicle. Um, I don't know of any like, gyms or uh, places you can go that are strictly high rocks workouts. Right. And so I guess there's, there's a couple of questions in there. Um, is it something that you would be able to, or would be good for you to do to come in and do four or five days a week, like CrossFit gyms? Um, or is it more about like, there's just not the exposure and the demand for it at this point? So right now, so, um, so we are a official Hyrox affiliate. Okay, they're going to be changing that name next year. So they they just rolled out something for all the affiliates. So they they had a, um, a conference call, and they're going to start referring to us as like hybrid training centers mm-hmm. or Hyrox training centers. Mm-hmm. And so I presume PJ will keep this up. I hope so. Yeah, and we'll we'll become a Hyrox training center. It will continue, I hope, doing two workouts a week. So I, I program a midweek workout that's more skill-based mm-hmm. because people are trying to work it around their CrossFit. I will probably add something. I need to add it for myself, so I might as well add something for others, which is just running. Yeah. Um, we need to do more running to prepare for it. We need to do more running for general fitness. Um, a lot of people come to CrossFit because they don't want to run mm-hmm. and then they complain and grouse when there's running as part of the workouts. But yeah, you, you need to run to, to get better at it. Yeah. I've been trying to increase my running on my own and I'll probably come up with something a little bit more systematic. So, so High Rocks as a sport is growing very rapidly. They've got some really good sponsors on board. So Puma just came on as a major sponsor. And so I think it'll start gathering more visibility. They've started increasing the number of races as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So a few years ago, they only did like five races in North America in an entire year. And now they'll be up to like 19 because they've got a couple in Canada. You know, they just had a Miami race. We've got uh, Houston coming up two months later is Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've got DC. They had LA. Is there any other ones um, in Texas? Just out yes, of curiosity, Dallas, Dallas does um, one. Okay. Yeah, so Tate had signed up for the the November Dallas race, mm-hmm. um, and then his French Bulldogs had puppies, and he couldn't couldn't go up and do Congratulations, it. Congratulations, Tate. Yes, um, he's very proud, Papa. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I couldn't do it because I had a Spartan race in Phoenix mm-hmm. that same weekend. Um, so I could not do a, um, high rocks race on Saturday and a Spartan race on Sunday, two separate States, you know, 1500 miles apart, but I, I kind of wanted to do it. Um, but, but yeah, well, I was looking into it. Um, my, my older brother, Mitch just retired from the Navy and he was uh, a fighter pilot, flew F-14s all the way through F-18s, uh, for all these years. Um, a lot of fighter pilots have back issues because of the 
you know, just the force of taking off and landing off these aircraft carriers, but he's always been a really strong cardio athlete. He's done these 50 mile races and things like that. So he's looking into going into his retirement. Like he wants to obviously continue his running, but he wants to, to work in more strength exercises or strength work. And I was, I was telling him about high rocks because I don't know. It just makes more sense to me for him. I think he would enjoy it more than, than CrossFit. Um, he lives in Virginia beach and I started looking into it and there was one, one place that I found and yeah. all of that city that offered it. Um, yeah. so that's, that's kind of where my question stems from is like, we're, is the demand kind of driving the, yeah the availability of it. Yeah. I, you know, since I am not an employee of mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocks, I can be critical. Yeah. Um, so no, nobody's paying you, Scott. Yeah, no, no one pays me for anything. Um, Nobody pays me for this either. That's yeah. why I get myself in some trouble every once in a while. Do, do I get anything for being on it? Oh, I don't. No. no. Uh, <laughs> um, My intern Destiny, yeah. she doesn't even get paid. I, uh, <laughs> I I put in a good word for her with her probation officer once a month, as long as she doesn't steal and pawn the podcast equipment <laughs> right. for, to buy cheap cocaine. Yeah. That's our, that's yeah. our agreement. <laughs> Where'd the headphones go, Paul? <laughs> so high rocks had a really bad social media strategy for like the last year and a half. So mm-hmm. like they post workouts on Instagram, um, but like their Facebook page got hacked by some like, you know, company sure, that had really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just like, you would go to the website and it was for some like pharmaceuticals and there were a bunch of people in like lab coats and it'd be like, this is supposed to be high rocks. Mm-hmm. Like this is a company that wants to grow and have higher visibility. And like, they've clearly been hacked and seem to not care or not even know about that fact. And yeah. so, so like I have really had to pull the workouts from social media myself. Mm-hmm. So I went back through like the last three years of at High Rocks World and at High Rocks UK and at High Rocks AUS, which is Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume Australia, not Austria. <laughs> um, those are different. Um, and, Might be a trivia question tonight. Yeah, could be. <laughs> which one is in Europe? Um, and so, yeah, I, I pulled like a couple hundred of these workouts and then I've had to go through the work of sequencing them to, to try and figure out like what makes sense as a place to start and a place to finish so that a week before the race, you feel like you've gotten the most volume in at, at a high enough level of intensity Mm -hmm. that you can't. And and like, there's no one, maybe there will be pretty soon. Um, but there's no one out there like performing canned high rocks programming that you can just get at least that I know of. Right. Whereas if I wanted to, to change CrossFit programming, PJ could go to, you know, 15 different companies Mm -hmm. and get a whole new set of programming that's straight into Wattify. And so you know what it is to do. Whereas if like, if you wanted to learn how to do high rocks, like I don't know how, how you would start if you don't have a gym like this close yeah. by that has a specific high rocks class and you can you know pay a, a nominal fee to be able to get access to that programming and open gym times and things like that like if if you're not in a place that has a sled how are you going to learn how to push a right. sled and pull right. a sled so so yeah i i think for a while it's going to be hard to there are barriers to entry is there a is there a misconception refrain that you're hearing out there about it that frustrates you or do you think might need to be corrected right now in terms of like what high rocks is no i think i think the people who are doing it seriously care a lot about it Mm -hmm. and outside of those people no one is even really aware of it yeah 
And, and I think that's their goal is to address that. But like, so I don't own any high rocks gear Mm -hmm. because you can't even buy it. Yeah. Like they don't even have a U.S. distributor right now to sell like a t-shirt. So if I wanted everyone to know that I did high rocks, like I would have to make my own t-shirt right now. Um, because Vela could do that for you by this afternoon. Apparently Tate does it as well. (laughs) Apparently he's very crafty. Yeah. Yeah, The two of them. Ferris, they've got uh, cricket vinyl machines at the ready. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess there are many of them. They were having this conversation about making t-shirts and and Tate was getting really excited. And I was like, this seems a little off brand for him. He's like, no, no, I'm super crafty. So yeah. So we may have to get our own Cypress hybrid shirts because you just, you can't get the stuff anywhere. Like, I mean, this is sort of, you know, marketing 101 is like you've got to be able to to get it in front of people's faces mm-hmm. so like if you don't know already to go to you know at high rocks us at high rocks world the hashtags to follow like you could easily be on social media for 14 hours a day mm-hmm. and like barely come across high rocks yeah um but then you start following the right athletes you may start seeing a little bit more of it. You may realize like, oh, this is coming to my town. So like they, they need to do a lot yeah. more with that. Um, so I think that could be, so PJ paid like the affiliate fee and we haven't gotten that many athletes here out of it. And we haven't gotten that many of our own athletes to commit to doing high rocks, yeah. but probably a lot of them don't even know what it is. So yeah, I mean, and high rocks itself, like it's kind of a funny name. Right? Yeah. So it's short for hybrid rock star. So like the bigger sport needs to become known sure. as well. Like people don't really know what hybrid is yeah. yet. So I think there's a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but there's money behind it. So well, good. Well, um, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. And I think for the people of this gym or the people here locally in this area that listen to this podcast, a great place to start is Scott's Saturday morning endurance classes. That's um those are my favorite classes of the week. I don't always get to come because of kids' schedules, but if I can, I'm here, and those have grown exponentially. I yes. mean, that that class was uh, the few and the proud back when yeah. I first started doing it, and it's nothing for it to be over 20 people now. Yep. Um, and I, I think people really like that that kind of change of pace. Uh, they like going into their weekend with this early morning just – taxing challenging uh endurance workout um it it really does it makes you just kind of you you leave there like ready to take your weekend on and feel better about what you yeah the uh the the crossfit moms um that you had on the Mm -hmm. podcast you know towards the beginning yeah they come in a group of them a little bit earlier to start the workouts and it it used to be so they would do the workouts and sometimes they'd be done before the regular class got going um and i think i see kendra out there doing one of the workouts right now um they do it so they can uh, feel better about how much wine they're about to start drinking for the rest (laughs) of the weekend well so so they've (laughs) learned to like do it out of the way yeah because i'll come in you know and fire up the computer and i'll look and i'll have 20 20 people reserved yeah and i look behind me and i see six people doing the workout already Mm -hmm. and i know there are going to be more people who drop in and and so i've had to ask them before like can you guys move over to the other side of the gym (laughs) because there's just not going to be enough room right yeah so there are some times that i have 30 people in here for the workouts Mm -hmm. which is really it's great energy yeah um now the uh in the in the the high rocks classes uh again i've i've done a handful of them recently um kind of in preparation for the competition coming up and yeah it is it is a challenge but it is it's it's 
a very good change of pace and a really good uh, way. I think I've started thinking through my CrossFit workouts better. Okay. Because of how necessary that is during those workouts. Like yeah. you're you're on your run, but I'm thinking during that run about like the next two fitness movements I've got to do. Yeah. And all right, what what do I feel like now? What's probably the best way to attack that so I can continue running at this pace because yeah. I like the way I feel right now and I want to keep that. And I've I've just seen that kind of naturally bleed into my CrossFit workouts where I'm thinking about like, all right, I've got to do these three movements. I'm really fast at this one. I suck at this one. Yeah. So let's take it easy on that so I can make up five seconds in the one that I'm good at. Sure. Yeah. And I've seen that it's, yeah. it's, it's had results. Yeah. That's one of the great things about CrossFit mm-hmm. and as a training methodology, not necessarily as a sport, is that there's no limit on the amount that you have to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you there's always something new. There's always something that you can do a little bit better, a little bit of knowledge that you can dig a little bit deeper into. So like a couple of years ago, there was a really good article in the CrossFit Journal about like how hard should you push the row? Should you empty the tank on the row or should you try to recover a little bit during the row? So yeah. imagine you're doing just rowing and power cleans you know, what's the consequence of emptying the tank on the row? Maybe you get to the power cleans 10 seconds faster, but like how much harder is it to get through those power cleans? Right. Like, you know, someone needs to research that question in order to provide the knowledge. And so, yeah, this article did, and their their essential argument was like recover during the row. Mm -hmm. That it, that effort level increases exponentially the harder you row. And so you just can't recover from it. Um, and so it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like somebody, somebody thought of that. And so now when I go into different workouts, it's like, you've got these little nuggets of information so that you're not just like this automaton Mm -hmm. that has 27 calories and then 27 pushups. It's like 27 calories, but like I should be going at about 85%, Mm -hmm. not at a hundred percent and just gassing myself. And so, yeah. That's yeah. I like. I love it. It's. I like the longer workouts that you can sort of think your way mm-hmm, through. Same. Yeah. Um. So is there? This is kind of a selfish, selfish question. Is yeah. I'm, you're I'm, fantastic. This is the best podcast. <laughs> is, did it, did that work? Oh, different it. question. <laughs> Are there qualifiers in kind of the high rocks community where you like as a 46 year old like? Because yeah. as I start to think about like, well, maybe this is kind of the future of me as an athlete, yeah. you know, doing more like that. I mean, does, do they offer things like that similar to CrossFit? I don't think so. I okay. think it's sort of just two levels right now, yeah. which is, well, three levels, right? So um, we're signed up for the open mm-hmm. level, which is one set of weights that you're doing. So, you know, the sled weighs a certain amount. The pro level, the sled is heavier, the wall ball is heavier, yeah. et cetera. So, so you do have some scaling. So you can think of open division as scaled, pro division as rx Within the rx the top athletes can potentially qualify for like world championships Mm -hmm. and that's based on times yeah i don't know whether they have like age divisions got it that's something that i have yet to find out about since i'm now over 50 like i am very interested in that like am i really am i competing against 25 year olds in the open division or like am i really just competing against 50 plus 
Because, like, I can't compete against a 25-year-old, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I just, I don't recover quickly enough. Yeah. I, I grind down work, during the workouts. Mm-hmm. I can't maintain that same red line. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's yeah, a great no, question. I'm interested. I'm, I'm, like, I'm as interested as anything else getting there on the 16th and just kind of sizing up the kind of athletes that are there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a feeling they're, they're probably not going to look like the ones that you see um, at, at a high level, like CrossFit uh, yeah, competition. They're almost all smaller. So the the Hunter McIntyre, who I mm-hmm. was talking about earlier, I listened to a, a, a high a high rock specific podcast called Rock's Life um, mm-hmm. earlier in the week, just like to get a little bit of context. What what is it that the pro athletes are talking about? And he was saying he'll go into. He's about six foot two, and he's a strong athlete, mm-hmm. and he'll go into the like high, high rocks world championships at like 195 right. or so competing against people that are 170 to 175 so sort of a 510 170 175 that's about the size you aren't going to see those athletes in the crossfit games right the the average male crossfit games athlete is about 5 foot 9 200 pounds yeah and so it's just a very different weight strength ratio um, than, than a high rocks athlete is. So yeah. like, yeah, if you look like you and me, like yeah, you look at the CrossFit stuff and it's like, well, there's a threshold here that I'm just not going to be <laughs> yep. able to get above. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's only a certain deadlift that I'm going to be able to do. Yep. And it's nowhere close to what those competitive CrossFitters are. Plus we're getting older. Yeah. But yeah, I look at high rocks and I'm like, oh, they look sort of like thinner versions of me, mm-hmm. you know, younger versions younger, of me, yeah. but like, but not that different. And so it's it's worth an attempt, right? Yeah. To to see where it goes. Well, I can't recommend it enough, uh, especially um, people who are uh, obviously our, our current members here at Bridge Lakes. This is this is something that you you need to challenge yourself to try out. If you uh, have friends that are runners uh, that are kind of exclusive to that, but maybe gun shy about strength training, you would be amazed at how this is going to complement your running. Um, Scott mentioned earlier the amount of legwork that's involved in this. As a as a someone in their mid-40s who still tries to run pretty long distances, there's nothing more exciting to me than when I start feeling stronger at the end of my runs than I do at the beginning. And I 100% credit that to this this training that I'm doing kind of adjacent to, mm-hmm. to the running that I do. I mean, Sunday I went out Sunday afternoon. I usually run in the mornings and, and for some reason Sunday I decided to go late afternoon, which not a good idea for me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm already kind of winding down. Yeah. I went and ran 10 miles and I felt terrible probably for the first three or four, like, and I was, I was like three or four miles from my house at that yeah. point where I was like, I want to stop, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much at the point where I'm going to have to call my wife and tell her to come yeah. pick me up in the car. I used to have a shirt that yeah. said, if I stop running, how will I get home? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I kept going, um, and I finished strong. I looked at my data afterwards. My splits were monumentally faster in the last two miles than they were at the first that's two. That's awesome. Um, and it is, It's but that's, that's just because of uh, – some of the the CrossFit training, obviously that we do here, but uh, the the high rock stuff as well. And yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to the competition um, to see how it goes, to see what I'm made of, and then like using that as kind of the jumping off point to to take it a lot more serious. Yeah, 
Well, there's, you know, Anaheim is about two months later. Oh, boy. Um, I was thinking about flying out and doing a race. Yeah. Which is, that's quite unlike me. I usually yeah. drive to things, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really strongly considering just flying out to yeah. Anaheim for a Jump weekend. Jump a Southwest flight to John yeah. Wayne. And, Actually, uh, Long Beach is my new favorite airport. Really? Yeah. So it's very, it's this little airport um, in Long Beach. It's, you know, you actually have to like walk down the stairs to get off of the plane uh-huh. at this point. Um, but it's a really cool and, and pretty conveniently located. So yeah, very nice. um, a little, yeah, I don't know, man. I can, I'm, I'm very, I'm easily influenced on things that, uh, that I get, uh, excited about. Um, it used to be a, a problem back uh, in my younger days, but now I'm transitioning that into more, uh, <laughs> More healthy and positive things. Right, so right, I yeah. You're, oh, you're using your hall car. passes differently. <laughs> I'm these using days. my hall That's passes interesting. very differently. <laughs> Spending my money very differently. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I could I could very easily see me getting caught up in this and uh, starting to <laughs> Google competitions. Yeah. Around the world. So. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Well, what else? What did I leave out that you wanted to talk about today? I don't know. Um, we haven't done you, not me yet. Is that is you're that... off the hook? Uh, you kind of the the pattern that i've fallen into with that is um if you're a recurring guest okay kind of i'll leave you alone with it i may yeah. be blindside you uh, from time <laughs> to time but uh i like to save that for first timers right so, no you not me today hmm. okay so we can you can if you have a good one that you can come up with you can use it for the next podcast. i give you permission to do Got a it. you not me if i get to come back in here and talk about hero wads and murph that's Deal. that's what i really want no to talk no, about no that uh we will definitely uh want to bring you back in to talk about Murph because that's um I think that's if you if you found someone that just had like a I don't know tertiary yeah. knowledge of CrossFit they would be like yeah don't they do that Murph thing you know yeah. that's like the one thing that somebody could probably attach to it without knowing much else yeah so uh, so uh if you know for the people who've stuck around here long enough do you want to ask me how I feel about the open or do you want to save that for <laughs> <laughs> quick uh yeah give me your 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 cliff notes yeah. uh open opinion since it is uh, right yeah because it's coming right it that's is. what people are really worried about yes um so yeah <laughs> I have very mixed feelings towards the open. Um, so people need to remember there's a difference between CrossFit, the training methodology and CrossFit, the sport. Uh-huh. And this is really where the two of those meet is yeah. for most people. The only competing in CrossFit, the sport that they're ever going to do mm-hmm. is the open. Um, and I see some really good thing. I do not get excited about the open. You're I, doing it though. I am doing it. Yeah. I participate cause it's good for the community. Sure. Um, and it's good. You meet people. Um, I do not like it. I don't. I don't enjoy it. I don't mm-hmm. look forward to the workouts. I used to get really stressed out by the workouts. Mm-hmm. The big advantage of, of the open, yeah, to to me is if people use it as motivation. Right. So years ago, um, there was a workout that had it was um, barbell overhead walking lunges, burpees, barbell overhead walking lunges, and chest bar pull ups. Mm-hmm. And I saw so many people get their first chest bar pull ups during that workout Mm -hmm. you know because they just had to fight for it and then after they had done it it's like now you have chest to bar pull-ups because you've done it and so if people use it as motivation to do something that they hadn't done or if they're like we've got the open coming in a few weeks i gotta start getting into the gym more often and so they they sort of change who they are beforehand then i think it can be a really positive thing yeah if people get competitive about it and are disappointed in their performance because they could have done better or something, then 
it could end up being a very negative thing. Unless you're, you know, if you're a competitor and you want to compete in the sport of CrossFit, it's the only way to start competing. But I've also seen the opposite where people like really burn out because the anxiety level that they have over the workouts is too high. And so like, I just think people need to keep it in proper perspective. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to keep it in pro. So almost every year when I do the open, I'm training for something else. So usually it's the first Spartan race of the year because they'll do either the Houston or San Antonio Spartan race has always been in March. So I'm deep, you know, into, into, you know, 10 to 20 weeks of Spartan training yeah. or this year high rocks is on the third week of the open. Right. Like I'm not going to let the open sabotage, you know, six months of high rocks training for, for my first legit high sure. rocks race. So like, I'm just keeping it in a proper perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people would be, would be, would do well to, to keep it in that perspective, show up, do the workouts, maybe try something new. Um, and then, you know, have peace after you're done with the workout. Well, Cypress hybrid. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I'm going to throw a link to the Instagram page, um, where Scott posts the workouts, uh, so be sure and give them a follow, share it. Um, it's not just, I don't, I don't just fully recommend the program, but also having Scott behind it as the one who's going to introduce you to it and really give you like the most philosophical and safest approach to, <laughs> to approaching it. I mean, you, you can't put a dollar amount behind that as, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, this is the only, uh, CrossFit, uh, high rocks affiliate in the area. Um, so you're set up for a lot of success. So, uh, I encourage you to really, uh, give it a good hard look, uh, recommend it to your friends and come give it a shot on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings. Yep. Scott enjoyed it, man. It was very much fun. All right. Tonight, tonight's the night. <laughs> Tara bangs bounce back, back on top, back on top. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, man. Thanks. See ya. Thank you so much, Scott Basinger. Told him afterwards, I was like, man, I can always count on you. I don't have to do a bunch of show prep. I don't have to stress over what is the next thing I'm going to get this person to say. Um, we can just eat some clock uh, talking just as if we were just hanging out. So, again, cannot recommend uh, Scott and his Hyrox program enough. Um, it is such a great workout. It uh, complements my CrossFit uh, and it's something that I'm really seriously considering making more of a, I don't know, a specialty of, of what I do. So looking forward to the competition. And on the 16th, uh, myself, Justin, Scott, uh, Tate, uh, we were talking about maybe all coming back in here afterwards, doing a little recap. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. The open is upon us. Thursday night, after the workout is released, we're going to have a little shindig up here, um, a little meet and greet. Uh, PJ, Aurelia, Rodrigo, and Francisco are going to do a maiden voyage of the workout that night for all of us to watch. So thinking about setting up uh, and doing a little recording because I may not be able to make the first Friday Night Lights, so to be continued. Deer Tick, they're going to take us out today. 
Have a great rest of the week. Give it your best and a little bit more. We'll see you next time.